Peace be upon you. So God willing, today we're going to dive into a topic that's not so much fun, but it's worth investigating, and that's of stoning. In a lot of these so-called Islamic countries, they still institute this punishment as a form of a capital punishment, typically for uh, cases of adultery. And these are absolutely brutal uh, practices where they will bury someone, typically to the waist or even up to their chin, and then they will proceed to throw stones at this person until death. And it's a, just an absolutely horrific way to uh, execute someone. And let alone, is it even Quranic? Because what's ironic is the countries that institute this punishment are only so-called Islamic countries like Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Afghanistan, Yemen, Somalia. Uh, and the country that leads in stoning uh, is uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran. But is there anything Islamic <laughs> about stoning? Uh, does it have any foundation in the Quran? And the Quran does talk about stoning. But ironically enough, the only people that conduct or threaten to conduct such an act are the disbelievers in the Quran. The first example is in uh, Surah 18, verse 20, and it's about the sleepers of Ephesus. So these are youths who fled into a cave because they were being persecuted and forced uh, to worship idols, and they didn't want to. And their comment when they were in the cave, it reads, if they discover you, they will stone you or force you to revert to their religion then you can never succeed. So again, these are the disbelievers forcing the sleepers of Ephesus uh, to revert to their religion. And if they don't, they would be threatened with stoning. In a 36 verse 18, we read about messengers who went to a community. It's not specified which community this is, but the response from the people, it reads, it says, they said, we consider you bad omens unless you refrain. We will surely stone you or afflict you with painful retribution. So right now we're two for two. Both verses that refer to stoning, it's from the uh, disbelievers threatening to stone the believers. The next example is with Shweb. So Shweb went to his people and the response is the following in 1191. It reads, they said, O Shweb, we do not comprehend many of the things you are telling us and we see that you are powerless among us. If it were not for your tribe, we would have stoned you. You have no value for us. So again, you see the disbelievers among the people of Shweb, their punishment to Shweb, if they could conduct it out, would be to stone him. And uh, we see another example with Noah and the people of Noah at the time in 26.116. It reads, they said, unless you refrain, O Noah, you will be stoned. So consistently, we're seeing that the only people in the Quran who are conducting stoning as a form of punishment is the disbelievers. And one of the more uh, peculiar cases is with Abraham. So Abraham, uh, when he was talking with his father, uh, he said, Have you forsaken my gods, O Abraham? Unless you stop, I will stone you. Leave me alone. So Abraham's father is threatening to stone Abraham. And what's really ironic about this is that Abraham's father was worshiping statues made of stone. And when... <laughs> Abraham called out his father about this inconsistency. His response from his father is that I will stone you. So Abraham's father realized that these were stones that he was worshiping. In 674 it reads, recall that Abraham said to his father, Azar, how could you worship statues as gods? I see that you and your people have gone far astray. So again, we're seeing numerous cases. Right now we have one, two, three, four, five cases of uh, stoning in the Quran, and all of these are conducted by the disbelievers. So it makes it very funny that the Islamic countries 
who carry out this practice are actually doing something that is done by the disbelievers in the Quran. So where did we get this concept of stoning? And it actually originates from a hadith. And uh, funny enough, it's a hadith that they believe that when they were preparing for the uh, Prophet's funeral, a goat came and ate these verses that had to do with stoning of the adulterer. And certain Muslim sects believe in this hadith. Now you can realize how absurd this is, uh, that this completely contradicts the Quran. And in 7185, it says, Have they not looked at the dominion of the heavens and the earth and all the things God has created? Does it ever occur to them that the end of their life may be near? Which hadith beside this do they believe in? So if they're following a source other than the Quran that contradicts the Quran, then they're not believers in God alone. In 619, it reads, Say, whose testimony is the greatest? Say, God's. He is the witness between me and you that this Quran has been inspired to me to preach it to whomever it reaches. Indeed, you bear witness there are other gods beside God. Say, I do not testify as you do. There's only one God and I disown your idolatry. So by worshiping God alone, it means that we follow the Quran alone. We don't follow Hadith or Sunnah, especially if they contradict the Quran. So if the Quran is not telling us that stoning is a form of punishment, and the only examples we have in the Quran of anyone stoning is that of the disbelievers, these countries that are carrying out such a heinous act are clearly not following the Quran. In 638, it continues, all the creatures on earth and all the birds that fly with wings are communities like you. We did not leave anything out of this book. To their Lord, all these creatures will be summoned. Meaning that if God meant to have stoning as a form of punishment in the Quran, it would have been there. But since it is not, it is not part of the Quran and is a satanic practice to, uh, to conduct. And one of the examples that people give to why uh, stoning should be allowed, aside from following a hadith, is that they say that the Quran's verses have been abrogated. So what does this mean? Abrogation means that certain verses no longer apply, that they've been replaced, they've been renewed with something else. And this holds no foundation in the Quran, but the verse that people point to is in chapter 2, verse 106, and it's a mistranslation that they uh, account for this. The verse reads, when we abrogate any miracle or cause it to be per, uh, forgotten, we produce a better miracle, or at least an equal one. Do you not recognize the fact that God is omnipotent? So the way they translate this verse is instead of miracle, they understand this word, ayat, to mean verse. Now, ayat means both sign, verse, and miracle. Uh, the, the word is interchangeable. So if you take it to mean verse, then the way they read it is when we abrogate any verse or cause it to be forgotten, we produce a better verse or at least an equal one. Do you not recognize the fact that God is omnipotent? But the sad thing is with that understanding, it contradicts numerous places in the Quran. And we know that the miracles of the past were specifically for the time and place. When Moses turned his staff into a serpent by God's leave, that was for a specific time and place. When Jesus uh, brought food from the sky, again, these were limited to time and space. And these miracles will be abrogated or forgotten because there are certain miracles that God probably never told us about that certain communities witnessed. And proof that this word ayat 
means both, you know, sign, miracle, and verse uh, can be seen in 17.101. And there's so many verses that you can see that this word is used interchangeably. But 17.101 is a clear example. It reads, we supported Moses with nine profound miracles. It's not nine profound verses. Ask the children of Israel when he went to them, Pharaoh said to him, I think that you, Moses, are bewitched. And uh, it's this concept of when the Quran was written, is written in classical Arabic. But these words have grown with new connotations and new meaning. And obviously, when we hear the word ayat, we think verses, but we have to see them in the light of the Quran. And further proof that this concept of abrogation contradicts the Quran is in 1827, where it reads, You shall recite what is revealed to you of your Lord's scripture. Nothing shall abrogate his words, and you shall not find any other source beside it. So this is uh, the truth, is that the Quran is complete, it's fully detailed, and nothing abrogates the words of the Quran, meaning we cannot resort to some hypothetical hadith that contradicts the Quran as a source. If we do that, we just show that we don't believe in God, we don't believe in the Quran. And in 6.1.12, it reads, have, We have permitted the enemies of every prophet, human and jinn devils, to inspire in each other fancy words in order to deceive. Had your Lord willed, they would not have done it. You shall disregard them and their fabrications. So in this verse, God is telling us that this is part of God's system. The devil's always going to interfere to cause uh, confusion, to steer people away from the Quran. So by creating this false story of, you know, a verse of the Quran being ate by a goat that had the, uh, the, the stoning verses in there, uh, all the devil is doing is bringing out the hypocrisy of people who don't believe in God, they don't believe in the Quran. And it continues in 6.114, it says, uh, sorry, 113, it says, This is to let the minds of those who do not believe in the hereafter listen to such fabrications and accept them and thus expose their real convictions. And in 6.114, it continues, Shall I seek other than God as a source of law when he has revealed to you this book fully detailed? Those who received the scripture recognize that it has been revealed from your Lord truthfully. You shall not harbor any doubt. The word of your Lord is complete in truth and justice. Nothing shall abrogate his words. He is the hearer, the omniscient. If you obey the majority of people, on earth, they will divert you from the path of God. They follow only conjecture. They only guess. So the largest Islamic countries on this planet, so-called Islamic countries, are instituting a practice that has no foundation in the Quran, using stoning as a form of capital punishment. Repeatedly, we see in the Quran that this is only conducted by the disbelievers. And are these people going to become reverent? Are they going to change their ways? Are they going to abolish this satanic practice or not? And to revert back to the story of Abraham, we get our answer. So in 2151, it says, Before that, we granted Abraham his guidance and understanding, for we were fully aware of him. He said to his father and his people, What are these statues to which you are devoting yourselves? They said, We found our parents worshiping them. He said, indeed, you and your parents have gone totally astray. So a lot of people, they follow blindly. They follow their parents blindly. They follow what practices that were uh, provided to them blindly. And they don't ask, what is the foundation of this practice? Did it come from God? Did it come from the Quran? Or did it come from Satan? 
And in 2155, it continues, they said, are you telling us the truth or are you playing? He said, your only Lord is the heaven, uh, Lord of the heavens and the earth who created them. This is the testimony to which I bear witness. I swear by God, I have a plan to deal with your statues as soon as you leave. He broke them into pieces, except for a big one that they may refer to it. They said, whoever did this to our gods is really a transgressor. They said, we heard a youth threaten them. He is called Abraham. They said, bring him before the eyes of all the people that they may bear witness. They said, did you do this to our gods, O Abraham? So Abraham destroyed these statues, these flimsy idols that they, uh, uh, they uh, created, um, these things that they knew were made of stone, that his own father said, I will stone you <laughs> if uh, uh, you don't stop, you know, uh, pointing out that they're worshiping statues. And it continues in 2163, it says, he said, it is the big one who did it. Go ask them if they can speak. Here's the magic part. It says, they were taken aback and said to themselves, indeed, you are the ones who have been transgressing. So for this moment, they realized that they were transgressing, that they were instituting something that was illogical. And it continues in 2165, it says, yet they reverted to their old ideas. You know full well that these cannot speak. He said, then do you worship beside God what possesses no power to benefit you or harm you? You have incurred shame by worshiping idols beside God. Do you not understand? So here it is. They were presented with the truth. They were shown that what they were worshiping was just statues that had had no basis, no foundation. And for that moment, they had this cognitive dissonance that opened their eyes to realize that they were going astray. Yet they've reverted back to their old ideas. Here we have an example where we see that stoning is only conducted in the Quran by the disbelievers. Are these Islamic countries, these so-called Islamic countries, going to revert from such a heinous, horrific uh, punishment? Uh, or are they going to continue down that path and revert back to their old ways? So let's not fall into this trap. Let us uh, wake up to uh, the realities and the trick that Satan has uh, conducted, that has led so many people astray. And uh, as always, if you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com uh, or on Twitter at TalkQuran. And until next time, peace and God bless.